Hi, I'm Jago Wynn and welcome to the HGC Daily Podcast. We as a church are meeting daily on Zoom to speak to God in prayer and to hear from God in the Bible. For those of you who can't join us live or who want to listen again, we're featuring the daily Bible thought as we journey through the book of Acts and we're also including how we're being encouraged to pray each day. Today, it's Ben Rogers. We'll jump straight in because we've got a lot to go through, but we're picking up in Acts 27 verse 39. Uh, So we read, When daylight came, they did not recognise the land, but they saw a bay with a sandy beach where they decided to run the ship aground if they could. Cutting loose the anchors, they left them in the sea and at the same time untied the ropes that held the rudders. Then they hoisted the foresail to the wind and made for the beach. But the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground. The bow stuck fast and would not move and the stern was broken to pieces by the pounding of the surf. It goes on to say, The soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping, but the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land. The rest were to get there on planks or on other pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land safely. I should explain that the titles there are completely my own, um, not taken directly from the NIV, but I'll explain why they're there in a second. Um, I don't know about anyone else, but in this passage, and as we've been reading this chapter throughout the week, the thing that keeps standing out to me is the amount of detail it goes into, particularly on sort of boating and nautical detail, and also on the sort of the nature of the storm and what was going on at the time. And I just want to have a look at why I think it goes into so much detail on the two of those. Um, so first of all, there's nautical details we hear about, taking soundings of water depth in the passage just before this one, uh, cutting loose anchors, hoisting foresails, releasing rudders. Um, we might have some sailing experts on the call, but having only done a week of sailing when I was about 12 years old, most of this goes completely over my head. Um, but I think it's interesting that it's included nonetheless. Um, and then the second type of detail <clears throat> is those kind of natural forces at play. So we hear about coastal formations in this one. We see the pounding of the surf, sandbars. Um, in, the, in the passage before we heard about the hurricane that was uh, actually had a name. It was called the Northeaster, which I actually think would be a great name for a boxer from Northumberland. The hurricane Northeaster. But that's another story. Um, so you've got natural forces and you've got sort of human forces. You've got big storms and little sails. Um, Jamie, I wonder if we could just go to the next slide if possible. Um, I think we're supposed to see the difference between the two of these. Uh, One points to the smallness of our plans and the other points to the bigness of our God. I know bigness isn't a word, but um, so with with the forces of nature, if you've been in a or on a ship in a storm or maybe more common to us is being in a car on a long drive when there's sort of heavy rain or being on a plane in turbulence, like we'll all know that these things can be really scary. Um, I think we become aware that we can only make tiny changes. We have the slightest amount of control over the situation, but actually the real control of the situation is completely out of our hands. Um, Just personally, it's something I kind of was reminded of this week, a long story short. Um, On Wednesday, I had a bit of a health scare, which basically ended up with me lying on a hospital bed, um, not in control of my body, having been a perfectly healthy 25-year-old just a few hours before. Um, And I kind of just lay on the bed 
just thinking, God, I need you in this situation. I, I have absolutely no control here. I'm just completely relying on my body to recover itself. Um, and maybe people have had those moments in their lives or uh, even throughout this sort of coronavirus pandemic, but it kind of just makes us aware, actually, we're not in control of these things, but we have a God who is um, and who knows what's going on and who is with us in those challenges and those storms. Um, <clears throat> so I think that's the, the first point, really, being drawn out from those big storms, all the descriptions of um, natural forces is there's forces at play that are bigger than us, but God is in control. Now, that's not to say that we just sort of absolve all responsibility, take our hands off the wheel. Um, we are able to influence situations and God puts decisions in our hands so that we can carry out his purposes. <clears throat> um, and that's the sort of point being made in the, in the second half of the passage here. <clears throat> so for Paul, we see that God uses his conduct and his care and the way that he's treated people on the ship to save 275 other prisoners, sailors and soldiers from execution. And if that sounds familiar, it's because that's the model that Jesus sets in uh, the Bible that we read about. So um, why I've got this on screen, as a student of American politics, I was kind of often quoted the country's motto, which is e pluribus unum, which means um, from many, one. Whereas actually the Bible's model is from one, many. So Jesus rescued the human race from sin and is described in um, scripture as the firstborn of all creation. In this passage, we see that Paul, one man through the influence he's had, is able to save over 200 sailors and prisoners from execution. The question then is, if that's the model set and if God works through a normal person like Paul, what could he do through you and I? And kind of this morning, I just want us to to believe really that God can change many lives through each and every one of us. Um, so just to recap, if we go to the next slide, we, we are reminded in this passage about God's sovereignty, um, as we're reminded of by the sort of big storm, the big natural forces. And we just need to remember he is good and he is faithful and he would deliver on his promise to rescue us. We just need to acknowledge that he's the one in control. And then that second point is about our responsibility, which we're reminded of by the sails and the rudders and these kind of tiny changes that we are able to make. Um, and the amazing news there is he rescues others and is able to work through us when we step out in faith and, and give those little decisions to him. So I'll hand over to Jamie in a second, but for Paul, um, the adventure doesn't stop here. I don't want to give too many spoilers, but on Monday, we'll hear about how the whole island of Malta is transformed by God's power and Paul's faith. But as we stand here at the end of Acts 27, on the beach, having made it safely to shore with 275 others, having been rescued from two weeks of hurricane-force storms, starvation, nearly executed, let's just take a moment to thank God for rescuing us and for all he's going to do through us. And to quote a man who was converted in the middle of a storm, it was grace that brought us safe this far and grace will lead us home. Ben, thank you so much. This morning we prayed for Ben. Can I encourage you to do so as well? And we, we prayed, as Ben suggested too, that we respond to God's sovereignty and that we would step out in faith and that God, he, he rescues us when we respond to him and he rescues others when we step out in faith.
We also had a time reading Psalm 27 and praying about God's presence, Emmanuel, in this season of Advent as we wait on him.